And the Yankees right their wrongs from the first half. Can Aaron Boone's squad work some magic in the second half? Is this team capable of turning it around and making the playoffs? We try to answer those questions and preview their crucial four-game series with the Red Sox. And our special guest this week will have us rock out a bit. It's Tony Award-nominated actor, former American Idol finalist, and Yankees fan, Constantine Maroulis. So clear your throat, sing along with us. It's time for a brand new Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. All right, here's a Pinstripe Pod. Hello and welcome back to the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast with the New York Post. It's Chris Sheeran here with four-time World Series champion Yankees dominant relief pitcher Jeff Nelson. You'll hear our producer Jake Brown as well during the show. Follow us on the Twitter machine. That's at Chris Sheeran. Yes, at NYNelly43 and at Jake Brown Radio. Diehard Yankees fan, former American Idol finalist and Tony Award nominee Constantine Maroulis will join us later in the pod. But first, Jeff Nelson hops on with me here to discuss the Yankees as we enter the second half. And uh, Jeff, it's going to have to be a lot different than the first half if this team is thinking about making it to some October baseball. Yeah, what is it, 73 games left? 73, that is correct. So basically, they would have to go at least 50 and 23 to maybe even get a spot. I think, right? They would have to play that well. So you're thinking nine? Well, that would give them 96 wins. So that well, 90. Okay, I'll give them okay 93 wins. I think they get a playoff spot. Okay, so 47. So you're thinking they 47, have 47, 26. Yeah, yeah, they have to go 47 and 26 the rest of the way to so at it's least 21 games over. And yeah, they haven't it, done that yet. No, to at least lock up a wild card uh, spot. And, and that's what we thought a couple of weeks ago, like 92, 93 wins was the magic number. So that still falls in line. And, you know, this is the lineup, Jeff. If you want to look at it from a number standpoint, uh, this lineup did win 100 games. It did win 103 games. Hasn't really changed that much. And if they stay healthy and they start to hit again and they can get Luis Severino back at some point, maybe just maybe this team could turn it around and could get into the playoffs as a wild card team. But as we have mentioned for the past couple of weeks, and I know I say it all the time, we sound like a broken record on this podcast, but these next 13 games are going to basically make or break this team. They're going to say to this team, all right, do we make a couple of moves before the deadline? Can we make a couple of moves before the deadline? Get a little bit better Uh, get some left-handed pop in this lineup and go after it here in the second half of 2021 and go after our 28th World Series championship. I I just don't know how it happens, Jeff, if they play under 500 ball in these 13 games that are coming up. You know that the Red Sox are going to want to stick it to the Yankees. They've already won the first six games this season between these two teams. They have eight coming out of the break, four at Yankee Stadium, four in Boston, two against the Phillies, and you know Joe Girardi would love nothing more than to come into the Bronx and and give the Yankees the what for. And then they finish this stretch with three down in St. Petersburg against the Rays. So this is a brutal stretch. And if they play under 500 ball, let, let's be optimistic and say they go six and seven over these games right now. That will put them at 52 and 50 on July 29th. Okay, you're two games before the All-Star break and two, or, or, sorry, two games before the trade deadline 
and two games over 500. I don't know. What do you do, Jeff? Uh, well, I think they have a tough decision, but you just mentioned it. You know, they have a tough stretch. And maybe I'm not going to say these four games are going to make or break their season, but if they go and they get swept, if they lose three out of four, if they get swept by the Red Sox again, it's really tough to sweep a four-game series. If that happens, then I, I don't know where – they're probably want to wind up being sellers more than buyers. But, you know, I know the trade deadline. I just want to make a quick point about these trade things. And, and you know, you hear the rumors out there, Joey Gallo and Barrios from, from Minnesota. You know, they are more than just one player away. Washington now, the Nationals have dropped, dropped back just a little bit. They're, you know, now six games out of the East, NL East. You know, maybe they start moving some guys if they think that they're going to be out of it. Uh, but now I, I think the Yankees are a team that, they can't wait until the last two days. They can't wait to see, okay, the next 10 days or the next 12 days, what are we going to be like? And then we'll decide if we're going to make a move, whether we're selling or buying on the 29th or 30th or 31st at the deadline. I think this is a team now that has to infuse some kind of adrenaline into that locker room, into that lineup, and probably make a move now. You know, I know they recharge their batteries. Everybody try to forget about the first half and about how they played, and especially how they wrapped up the first half on Sunday. Now you go, you have a tough schedule. You have the teams that you want to beat. You have the teams that you can make up ground right in front of you with Red so- with the Red Sox and the Rays. And, you know, like you said, Philadelphia's, Philadelphia is going to want to come in here and and at least, you know, split or beat them too. But this is a team now, I think, that has to make that move now. They have to do something in that that lineup to infuse some adrenaline. Anytime you get, you have your organization make that move or make that just to help your team, you feel, you know what, they're behind us. The organization is behind us. They have a confidence in us making the playoff, confidence in, in us doing well, having a great second half. And look what they did. They went out and made a move. A lot of a lot of things go into that because everybody else is going to want Joey Gallo as well. It's just a matter of what can the Yankees give up to get some of these guys. Well, that's the thing, and and that's the million dollar question that we're all thinking about. And we we talk about this off the air as well as on the air. And and you know, for the Yankees to get some of these players, if you're an opposing GM, you're not letting Brian Cashman off light here. And we talk about the Yankees farm system. Davey Garcia has gone off the rails. I don't even know if he's tradable anymore based on what he's done this year. So you you look into their farm system, who do they have to offer besides Jason Dominguez, who probably isn't going anywhere. And that's a deal breaker for Brian Cashman if his name even comes up. But the team that the Yankees would be trading with would be smart to want some major league talent coming back that's already on this Yankee team. And the Yankees pretty much need everybody that's on their roster right now. You can't part with Jonathan Loisega. You can't part with Chad Green. I know he gave it up in Houston. And and by the way, Jeff, I, I was curious as to see what his we were baseball is now a numbers driven game, right? I, am I right or wrong? Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. You look at Chad Green's numbers. Not against the Astros, but in Houston against the Astros. Throughout his career, he's 0-2 with a 10-29 ERA in six games, seven innings. He's given up 11 hits, nine runs, eight earned, and two homers. If we're if we're a number-driven sport, why aren't we looking at those numbers before we, before we bring him into that game before the All-Star break? That's another thing, though. But don't you agree that 
other teams, like if you're, if Jeff Nelson is the opposing GM and Brian Cashman decides to dial you up and say, Hey, I'm interested in X, Y, and Z, what do you need? And, and as an opposing GM who's trying to build the team back up, because that's what you're basically doing, because the teams you're dealing with are pretty much out of it. And that's why they're dealing. So what do you need, Jeff Nelson, from Brian Cashman if you're that opposing GM? Well, you just mentioned there's nobody in the minor leagues, so you're going to want big league talent. And you mentioned just real quick with the numbers on Chad Green. You know, it is. I, I've, I've been the same way. You know, I went. There was a year, I think it was in 95, I gave up like 18 runs the whole year, and 11 of them were against the A's. So whenever we went into Oakland or they played us, I said, you know what, I was sick. You know, I don't want to pitch, you know, because it's, it is, it's certain teams. It gets in your head. Yeah. yeah. You know, certain, you don't know, no matter what you do, it, it's not like, oh, hey, we're coming in. I think it, things are going to change. And, and they don't. It's for some reason, you, you hang a slider or you hang a pitch and next thing you know, it gets hit out or all of a sudden you, you get two quick outs and you're like, you know what, I'm going to get through this. And you, you feel like you get squeezed, you strike three, should have ended the inning. And the next thing you know, a rally starts and you're giving up a couple runs. It happens and it, and it sucks because, you, you know, you know, go, you know, Chad Green knows when he goes into Houston, he goes, man, I know I want to pitch. I know I want to help this team win. But, man, this is just not a good place for me. And it just it's just part of that. But I, here's an interesting question. And, and you mentioned about what teams are going to want for from the Yankees. Now, you look at, I think there's three guys. Can you afford to lose any one of these that I think other teams are going to ask? One of them, if you go out and try to get a frontline starter, uh, say, hey, if Max Scherzer's available, they're going to want probably Jordan Montgomery. Can you afford to lose him? Is, is he a guy in that, is he a guy in that rotation? Because I'm just looking at others and, and you know, he's, nobody's going to want Herman. I think Herman's the guy from just his past and off the field. I think guys, will, teams will stay away from him uh, for that reason. But teams will probably go to go say, hey, you know what, if you want Max Scherzer, give us a Jordan Montgomery back. You know, here's a guy that we have control over and you could probably get Scherzer for Montgomery, maybe a couple minor league guys. Also, they might, like you mentioned, Chad Green and Loiza. Can you, Loiza, can you afford to lose one of them? You have Britain coming back. Can you afford to lose one? Those are the three guys that I think other teams are going to ask. Are those, I can't see them losing both Green and Loiza, but maybe one, maybe Montgomery. You know what? What about Severino, too? Because he's on a friendly contract. I know he hasn't pitched, for God's sakes, because he hasn't been healthy. But he might be another one that could be dangled out there like, hey, you know, the jury's still out on him, but he's young. He's on a friendly contract, I believe, for the next two years. Uh, Go get something done with him. If he resurrects his career, you could sign him to a long-term deal and he's yours. So maybe Severino is a chip too. Who knows? But the Yankees, based on what they do, Jeff, in this first series with the Red Sox, I, I know what you said is a hundred percent true. It's not going to make or break them this first four gamer, but it's going to send them in a direction, either left or right. All right. Do we fight yeah. and do we make some trades and go after this or do we just blow it up? Because Brian Cashman did say, if we sink like a stone, I have to sell. Okay, and here, and then you look at the lineup. I mean, we talked about pitching, about what you, what you can give up. Can you afford, you know, if you want to go out and get some left-handed hitting or, or, or left-handed power bat, will, will teams ask for Clint Frazier? Maybe a change of scenery might be good for him. He's been traded once, you know, to the Yankees. Will he be able to be traded again? Will teams want him when he comes back from vertigo? Uh, he hasn't produced, and, you know, yes, he's got tons of confidence. And you want to root for the kid, but he just hasn't – he hasn't played like, like he thinks he can and maybe like the Yankees thinks he can. He just hasn't been there. Is a Gary Sanchez one of those guys that, okay, hey, he's, he's all of a sudden resurrected his swing just a little bit over the last month. 
can he is he a guy that all of a sudden because you really don't have another catcher besides Agasioka and he's not an everyday guy uh, is he someone that's going to be dangled I don't know I don't know where the Yankees go but I think they need to start now instead of waiting because yeah. And the team is going to look markedly different. You're absolutely right. Yankee fans, if you want this team to make a deep postseason run in October, there's going to be a lot of guys on this team that may be gone. And and they, they, they need to inject, like you said, Nelly, they need to inject some life into that clubhouse. They really well, they might have just did that now because breaking news into the newsroom, not a trade, but it looks like the outfielder Trey Ambergie, who's been crushing it in AAA, has been called up for the start of the series against the Red Sox on Thursday. Well, that's that, to me, that's good because, A, Nelly, you back me up or you disagree with me if you want, but I, I think if, if the kid who's been crushing it all season is given a promotion and, and it's well-deserved, I mean, maybe, just maybe, his youthful exuberance and his success at the plate, if he could carry that over to the bigs, can maybe push these guys a little bit. He had a 42-game on-base streak, 312, seven homers, 35 RBIs, so maybe he injects hey, some life guys, into that outfield. you guys had Shane Spencer come up. Maybe, yes. maybe this is you know that jolt in the arm that the Yankees need to get going, and it's about time that they gave this kid an opportunity. I think this is a good thing, especially the fact, and our producer and – uh, what Jake was the Brown. move that they made then? So I, I would think that he's been What's he's the in the lineup today, right? It hasn't been officially announced, but the, there was a report by a writer that he's he's coming up. So we'll okay. see what the corresponding move is. But yeah, he'll okay. he'll be here. So I mean, you can't sit him. You got to play him today, right? I mean, there's no way you're going to call up a kid like this and then all of a sudden, hey, you know what? You're going to be on the bench and, and come off the bench. You well, play it him. could make him to be a trade piece. To maybe you see him for a week or two, and then he's one of the guys that you dangle if well, he shows something. That's a fair point. Yeah, it could be. Uh, and they're rolling the dice here to see if that happens, because if he falls flat on his face, he's he's not marketable. So we'll see what happens with that. But, you know, it could be a little bit of a slap in the face to the rest of the team to say, hey, look, we're, we're trying anything we can and we're bringing this kid up. And if he outperforms you, he's staying and you're going. And he's sitting 422 against left hand pitching. So maybe he's and a guy the that, that replaces pitchers. Gardner. Well, the yep. first two pitchers for the Red Sox are lefties in this series, so you're damn well sure he'll be in the lineup the first two games. What are your predictions for this series here, guys, coming up? I, I know you you believe the Yankees, obviously, they have to win three out of four. A split doesn't do much, but do you think they do it? What happens here in the Bronx? Look, I could be optimistic, and I could say they take three of four or they get off the deck and they actually show some moxie and and, and sweep the Red Sox in all four and, and start going on an upward uh, swing here. But you know what? I'm just going to continue. I don't see this. This is the same team that just closed out the first half in Houston. So, Jeff, to me, I think they lose three or four. I, I just don't I, I don't see it. I just don't see it with this team. They don't even, they haven't even announced their their starters as we're sitting here tapings. So I don't know what the hell they're doing. Cole should be announced as their game one starter here. You yeah, he, he's right. He's on. He's on roll for that. That start. Yeah, the yeah. Fifth day, so I, I just I don't get it. I, I don't know what they're doing, but I think they lose three or four to Boston. Well, the only thing I would say you you have to pitch Cole, but after 129 pitches, you know how big league players and all of a sudden the coaches go. They're like, oh, you know what? We're going to give him that extra day, and he winds up going Friday. You know, I, I I don't know why they haven't. Maybe that's the reason. Maybe he goes Saturday. But I think game one is the one you have to have. I think you have to set the tone and say, hey. 
hey, we got to get off the blocks quick and we got to win the first game. And then you see from there. But I agree with you. I think the Yankees, I mean, it's only fair. And, you know, they haven't made us think any differently that they could take three out of four. So I think they do lose three out of four. I just don't. Uh, I don't know where they're going as a team right now. I know, hey, the three games, they they, recharge your batteries. I don't know where they go from Chapman. I mean, Chapman would have been really beneficial to pitch that last day. And now he's like, you know, in some ways I'd say lost. I mean, the guy hasn't pitched now, what, it would be eight days, seven days, eight days? Yeah, this doesn't really have the feel of – Chacon and Aaron Small <laughs> back no, in the day, no. uh, you know, and I don't think Nestor Cortez is going to go ten and zero like Aaron Small gave Joe Torre. Sean Chacon reference, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just pulled that one out of my rear end, but yeah, but I, I thought of Nestor Cortez, and and you know he's like Aaron Small light. When is he? Look, on this is no shade on Cortez. He's he's done a great job. Uh, I love the mustache, by the way. He's bringing back the 70s porn stash. It's fantastic. But when is he going to blow up? Yeah, smoke and mirrors right now. You have no idea. And and you throw him out there against a great Red Sox lineup, and I don't care what he does with his his windup and his different looks. The Red Sox, as, as Nelly has been pointing out all season long, they have a great lineup. Top to bottom, it, they're tough outs all around, all over that lineup, and and they're going to improve. You know, don't think that they're going to stand pat. They're they're going to get Chris Sale back, and they're going to start. You know, they're going to hit the ground running in the second half, and that's what the Yankees have to say. Hey, it's a mind game. It's a chess match. It's it's gamesmanship. If you let the Red Sox come into your house and take take this series, take three out of four, or even a split. Like Nelly said, that's a loss too. So if you're the Yankees, you need to win three of these games. You need to tell the Red Sox, no, 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 no. This division race isn't over yet. You're coming in here. We're going to handle our business. If you don't do that, then this is a steamroller in the second half. If you're chasing the wild card and they're four and a half back right now, and Jeff, this is another point, and I was going to bring this up a couple minutes ago, and Jake put this, you know, put this out there for us 24 of the 73 games left are against teams under 500 so a quarter of the games are against teams under 500 49 that's you know two-thirds of the games left are against teams 500 or better and the yankees are four games under 500 they're 27 and 31 against teams 500 or better in the first half i don't think they're going to change their spots you know their defense has been terrible uh, hitting with runners in scoring position, making outs on the base pass. We just saw it in the last game, and it was one of the seasoned veterans in uh, DJ LeMahieu. 14 walks in that game, and they score seven runs and they lose. If that's not just a microcosm of their entire first half, I don't know what is. You thought they were going to come out of the dark. You thought they were going to sweep that series. You texted me. You thought they were going to get swept, and then they all almost swept the Astros. They finished five and two. They should have been six and one. We talked about this on Monday. I don't know. I just don't see the Yankees changing their spots here in the second half. I just don't. No, I don't. I don't think so either. And especially with that. 49 games with teams over 500 and they haven't played well at all. And so, you know, that 47 wins that they're going to need to get in, get a playoff spot and probably a wild card spot, then it's, it's not going to happen. All right, Nelly, time will tell uh, how the Yankees will do in the second half and the first 13 games out of the blocks will be uh, very telling as to what the Yankees do, as we just mentioned. And someone who's going to talk about that next in our second segment, our good buddy, Constantine Maroulis, and we will get his thoughts on this Yankee team right after this. 
Joining us now, as I do the intro here for a friend of mine who I was at the Cyclones game with on Wednesday, a guy I used to do a podcast with called Balls Deep, as he now has a new show on WABC Radio, 770 AM, 5 to 6 PM on Saturdays. He's a big Yankees fan. He's a Tony Award nominee for Rock of Ages. You might have saw him on American Idol back in the day in season four with Carrie Underwood and Bo Bice and those cast of characters. He's touring now with with Foreigner Journey, and he's doing his own shows all over the Northeast and all over the place. He is a Yankee fan. Let's welcome in the guy who did the intro song for the Pinstripe Pod, Constantine Maroulis. Connie, welcome to the Pinstripe Pod with Chris Sheeran and Jeff Nelson. How are you? Good morning, fellas. All rise. All rise. <laughs> yep, that's me. The claim to fame. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I need to bring you everywhere. You were such a hot date in your Hawaiian shirt the other night at the Cyclones game. We had a good time with all the uh, talk radio folks and the lightning nearly taking us out. Here we are. Second half begins of the MLB season. Very excited. I, I don't know if I'm excited, to be honest. I'm excited to see what the hell happens this weekend because I think the entire season is basically pending upon how the Yankees do this weekend against the Sox, they got to come out of the gate strong. The way they finished the first half of the season was just a gut punch. You know, you take the first two games against basically the best offensive team, at least in baseball, the Astros. You know, Cole goes out there, pitches a masterpiece. Spider tack, no spider tack, who cares? And then you give up six runs in the ninth inning, you lose a game in degrading fashion, and you go into the break like that. Just took all the gas out of my tank, man. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens for sure. I wanted to talk about Foreigner Journey. I mean, I want, but you went right for the jugular with the Yankees, so I guess let's start there. <laughs> Foreigner's Journey, okay? It's plural. It's Foreigner's <laughs> Journey. Foreigner's Journey. Foreign Journey is a whole different tribute act. This is this tribute world, it's like Rockstar, the Marky Wahlberg uh, movie in real life, where it's like, I'm taking my mic stand, and I'm not coming back. <laughs> go. Go then. I, w I will. Fine, then. Go. Uh, if you're going to go Wayne's World, fine, too, fine, I'm then, go. <laughs> I'm I taking my scarf. <laughs> I, I did that game with uh, Ryan Rucco, David Cohn, and Paul O'Neill. You know, we were all sitting in a booth as Nelly and I talked about in our last podcast, too. We were all wondering during the break going into the ninth inning, all right, is this when we see our oldest Chapman in a 7-2 to game? Because Aaron Boone was saying, you know, I need to get him into a, uh, a workable moment in the game. And if a five-run lead isn't a workable moment for your closer who makes all that freaking money, I know he's had issues. I know he's had real bad issues in Houston and against Altuve, but that could have like really exercised demons for Chapman. And the way you're right, you're absolutely right, Constantine. The way they ended the first half was like Garrett Cole's 129 pitch effort, which was like a sledgehammer, and then that 7 2 brutal comfort behind win that the Astros had 8 7. That was like a thud and pretty much the time capsule that the Yankees unearthed for their fans is that oh, oh, wait, don't get too excited with that uh, effort by Cole. Here's what the first half was like, remember? 
I go, you know, I, I leave these funny comments on the Yankees Facebook page, and there's so many groups, splinter groups I ended up somehow being a part of, and I'll just fly in and drop, like, some kind of funny comment, you know, from, like, my verified page, and I just make everyone nuts, like, just get thousands of replies, and people are just so mad, or the, or they love what I said. You know, it wasn't not two weeks ago where I said, season over, just pack it up, it's done gone it's over it doesn't matter and people went nuts and then all of a sudden okay five in one road trip whatnot you start to have a little life and and you think to yourself if they can just hit a little bit they could be putting some wins together here the pitching overall i felt like wasn't terrible in the first half you you got more out of some of these guys than you probably thought and then you got a lot of what you maybe did expect i mean chapman was on hittable for two months the guy i'd never seen him pitch that way he was just dominant and then he just completely imploded cole fell down the rabbit hole and then you know i don't know what he did in houston but he was pumped up for that game you know maybe you can make a couple of moves here and just bring some life into this team you know there's been a lot of obviously there's a lot of facebook trades that people love to talk about but you know maybe there's a way to salvage this but let's just show up this weekend and give the fans like something let's win the series at least but sure it's been just underachieving on every level and everyone wants to point at the manager and kind of feel bad for the guy to be honest I feel like and I hate the puppet word but you know a lot of this stuff is coming from upstairs they built this lineup to perform a certain way and it's just not you know they're not hitting home runs they're not producing any runs <laughs> frankly and it's just been tough man it's been tough I, I haven't even wanted to go up to the stadium I'm usually you know, Jake said he was at like 12 games already this year of the Mets I haven't been to one Yankee game yet and you know I got pretty good connections over there you know what I mean I could get in anytime I want and I haven't gone so it's been tough to watch man for sure what's uh what's been most disappointing like as a fan perspective you know I, I sit there we sit there and talk about the same thing it's a roller coaster ride the whole year we get up uh you know my expectation at the beginning of the season I thought this was one of the best teams in the American League maybe in baseball I thought they were going to get off to a start like the Dodgers they didn't then they you know put some life back in everything and then all of a sudden they deflate again especially after they got swept by Detroit after they what swept Houston at home and they you know have a great series and the next thing you know they get beat by a last place team you know is it the fact that they can't beat the Red Sox and they can't beat the Rays I mean what's been the most disappointing part as a fan watching this team not hitting with runners in scoring position leaving so many people on base hitting into so many ground balls making dumb mistakes guys like Clint Frazier that I've been rooting for the kid clearly has insane talent I mean if you sent him down he would just rip off the league there's something going on with him I mean how does he not produce you can't rely on Brett Gardner to be Mike Trout the guy is what he is at this point you know and it looked like he even started getting his swing that kind of you know where he can just at the end of the at the end of the first half there like at least he was like ripping some balls down the right field line there There was a couple of things going on and you know he's gonna at least be a gamer and go catch the ball for you but you know obviously Aaron Hicks has been a huge disappointment you want to like the guy he can't stay healthy so let's just you know he's gone out of the equation it was nice to see Gary Sanchez come to life a little bit but you know obviously even DJ LeMahieu who's really one of the top hitters in the sport underperformed judge 
the numbers are there. It doesn't feel like he's doing his his part to dominate the sport, which he should be doing. And obviously, Stanton is underperformed. I mean, these guys, you know, and Glaber, it's just a bummer. And and it, it seems like it's sort of a, it's like a domino effect. They get they you know get on base, a couple of things going, and then boom, that ground, you know, that just like those grounders are just killing me. Those double plays and the defense hasn't been horrible, but it's just underwhelming baseball. It just doesn't feel like obviously, you know, Nelly was on some great teams. Do you think the expectation levels is too high? You think we put too many expectations on well, this team no, and we're starting to see no. what they really are? Look what that team is. Look at the talent on that team. We've seen glimpses of them dominating the sport. And I think we all said to ourselves, if they can be healthy at the same time, this team should just roll. And they started rolling there. Remember, they were like, they, they went, you, you said it, they went through Houston there at home and then on the road. Didn't they sweep uh, the White Sox, which is a really good team? You know, they were rolling there for a minute. And I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. And then it just went away. Feels like we're not producing any young pitching that's able to come in and play in the major leagues. You know, there's just no young talent that's coming up and really contributing. There's all this talk of these guys and this prospect, and then there's just so much disappointment. It's a bummer. Constantine, we're, we're around the same age, you and I. We, Nelly and I were talking about this before we came on the air, and I have to bring it up because it really chaps my ass. When I went to the stadium with these guys to, to take in the first Subway Series game that Friday night that got rained out, to me, it seemed like there were more Mets fans in Yankee Stadium than there were Yankee fans. And you know this has happened since the new place opened. They're always, it's around the same kind of ratio, Red Sox to Yankees fans, when Boston comes in, especially after Boston won that first World Series after coming back and beating the Yankees in the playoffs in 04. The ratio has been bigger and bigger every single season in succession. If you see or you hear more Red Sox fans than Yankees fans this weekend. <laughs> does that not chap your ass? Because it does mine. I, yeah. it, it, there's nothing yeah. that gets me more pissed off than to have more of the opposition's fans in my building than my fans. Well, I'll say this. Conversely, you know, I went to school in Boston, so like, I'm fond of the city. And we played a show there a few weeks ago, um, not even a few weeks ago, when the Yankees just got swept there, what, two weeks ago? So I went to the Sunday game at Fenway. And my friend and I were actually surprised at how many Yankee fans there were. So I think it happens both ways. There were a lot of Yankee fans there, and they were getting <laughs> on. Excuse my friend. <laughs> I mean, if you could say chap my ass 14 times, I think I could say that. <laughs> no, no, um, each one had a different connotation, if you ask me, I think. I'm not sure. It was pretty surprising how many Yankee fans they were at Fenway also and just getting torn up for sure when your team is, is having a great year you want to go represent and it happens with the Giants uh, in football too on the road and Dallas I think it happens in all sports but sure it's not cool it's not cool at all to see I don't want people you know cheering for for the Red Sox at Yankee Stadium you know people seem to not like Yankee Stadium I like the new Yankee Stadium I'm treated well there I, I remember the inaugural season and they had the all-star game there that was great I was sitting behind home plate you know they win the World Series that was a great team there was a good vibe I thought it had enough of the old stadium but I mean I was also kind of famous at the time and kind of living that fun celebrity vibes uh, at the stadium you know how they love that and the legend suites are, are just great so 
since, they haven't been able to win there. I don't think it's stadium. I don't know, man. You see what the Rays and these guys are doing. They just seem to produce baseball players that just play fundamentally just so well. And they're in every game. They haven't won any World Series. I mean, certainly they went to it last year. I'm surprised uh, analytics didn't play a part in the All-Star game. Yeah, Kevin Cash, <laughs> exactly. I'm surprised he didn't try doing something there. <laughs> like, oh my God, he blew, oh, you, you blew game six. What's he going to do now in the All-Star game? Losing that last game when Tampa and Boston lose the last game of the first half was like losing four games, you know. But just you could have had a whole nother game up and what, they would have went into this five back in the loss column? It's not terrible. Six back, whatever it was, not terrible at all considering how crappy you've played. And I gotta be honest, Boston's not slowing down. I mean, I, I was there. I could feel the energy. They're expecting their team to go all the way, for sure. And I don't know whoever thought that this was a rebuilding year. I mean, they have some great talent on that team. And then if Chris Sale comes back and gives you anything, they're gonna be scary. Yanks need a starter. Yanks need someone that can hit from the left side of the plate, I would think. They're more than one guy away. I mean, do you go and get Schwarber and, and Scherzer? Is that happening? Can they grab Chris Bryant from uh, the Mets uh, wish list, figure out something there? They do, they've do. they made moves with the Cubs before. Can you get Joey Gallo? Is that a reach? Berrios? I like to call him Bellios. You know, <laughs> cool like And Bellio. I don't know if that's, if that's it. Obviously, it would have been sick to see Garcia, you know, contribute this year, but he's lost. You know, he's just, I don't know, I don't know what happened to him. He's, he came in and looked pretty damn, he looked like Dwight Gooden for a couple of starts there. What was it, last season? Obviously, I don't know what's happening, man. And we're kind of stuck. That's the thing. Like, they're kind of stuck with these guys. You know, I don't know what you do with Judge. That's 29, going to be 30. Well, that's a decision they have to make. You know, they they only have a year and a half more control with him, and they have to they have to come to a conclusion very quick. Do they want to sign this guy long term when he's thirty one and hits free agency? I mean, that's that's one of the questions that this team has to answer. And if and if they don't want to do that, now look, he's the face of the team. But if they don't want to do that, then they got to trade him. That's the reality they're going to have to face after these thirteen games post All Star break against the Red Sox eight, the Phillies two, and the Rays three. I got to be honest, I think you have your answer. If they wanted him, they would have signed him already, I think, to give him, you know, they, let's, let's eat up those that year and a half and give him a five-year deal now, five at 125, and call it a day. I mean, this guy's not playing to 40 years old, you know? That's not happening. He's not getting a 10-year deal at 31. That's not happening. Obviously, Stanton, they would have done nothing in the playoffs without him showing up finally, but last year, the guy's capable of dominating the sport for a month, but I don't know what's going on there. You know, I, I, of course, in theory, the guy's sitting out there. You get him for a bag of balls. You just pick up the money. You got to think him and, and Judge on the field is box office, and he was just an MVP, and they're going to dominate. But obviously that hasn't been a great move because the guy can't play the field, and he just handcuffed. He just handcuffed. And what, we got eight more years on that contract? I mean, that's, will anyone take that? Will they eat the money and get, I don't know, get him to another team? Will, will the Dodgers take him? I mean, who knows? But where's where he going to play in the National League? Can they play first base, either of these guys? I, I don't know. And the guys that you brought up, Swerve would be a great addition, but guess where he plays? He's a DH. He's not good in the field. You're not going to put him out there, especially at Yankee Stadium. 
you know, Bryant, you, know, you really don't need that type of player. The Mets will probably wind up getting him anyway. You know, you have Gallo. Gallo's a decent player, a decent outfielder. Uh, he's your left-handed pop. We'll see how and he, he would do. And you have to make the move. He strikes out, he strikes a, out lot. a lot. Just like every, out. Yeah, just like everybody else in this lineup. But here's the thing. who You just mentioned earlier about the minor league talent. There's no minor league talent. We're going to have to give up minor league talent to be able to get these guys. Who? What? What team is going to want anything? No, they're going to want. They're going to want Loisica. They're going to want Green. They're going to want Judge. They're going to want major league players. They they don't want the Yankees farm system. Who do the Yankees have? Yeah, I want to switch gears, and I'm going to have to ask you. You just mentioned uh, Jake's attire at the game, and I saw it on Twitter. No, I, I have a really big problem with that. I, you know, he hung out. I took him to this uh, country bar in the city, and uh, he he shows up with gold shoes at a country bar. He paid for it. And uh, he's trying to hit on a bunch of women. And the next time I go there, the next time I go there, you, you know, so well, who was that guy with the gold shoes? I said, I know. I told him not to wear them. And then I take him to Saturday Night Live. And he shows up in a similar shirt from the Salvation Army. It was the loudest one. I, I thought it came with batteries. And then I see the crap that he's wearing with you. You're, you can get away with everything because you're, you, you are who you are. Now, Jake, I, I'm not sure about that. You know, and what's the deal with the attire that Jake keeps wearing out? <laughs> I wore the same shirt the to SNL as I did last night. It's a great oh, shirt. Oh, was that the same one? Oh, yeah, okay. same with, one. The, with yeah, the mustard stains. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> the ocean landscape maybe gave it a different shade in the uh, in the pictures. You know, I think he's like slimmed down now. He's like all about wearing like form fitted. You know, kind of. He's sort of caught between like I'm a sports guy and a hipster. So hipster. Yeah, you got to kind of mix it. <laughs> yeah, he's a hipster. I mean, you live in Queens. Queens, is, this isn't Williamsburg. Was, Astoria is not Willi- Williamsburg. Astoria is. is like the new Williamsburg, oh, by God, the way. I don't know if you that. know that. That's not true. It is. It's it kind of Well, we um, took him to the Mets and, game, and you ought to have seen him. If you, you've been to the legend seats where they had the food. He, ha- he had a feed bag going on, and it was just a, not just one day. We took him Friday, and it was a rain out. And then he went Sunday because he, you know, that was a double header that you got to use a Friday ticket. He, he posts again. He has like seven plates of freaking lobster claws out, and it's getting. He's like dipping it in this chick's hair that's in the, in front of him, sitting in front of him. Yeah. Well, I've been giving him uh, hell about. It seems like he posts himself at a, at a new game every day with a different girl <laughs> yeah he, he, I, a he, different girl. and i was like don't you see don't you think that they're gonna see that like the other girl's gonna see you posted and i know they're all friend zones anyhow but still oh, it's gosh. just it's so funny it's funny oh, he was God. ripping through his uh his bumble his bumble swipes last night he, oh me he no his, oh okay <laughs> yeah we're, we're gonna say oh, me he just yeah. said you were doing yeah. that oh now i know the real story let's go to your side i was not ripping through mine go through a lot quicker he, than he yours ripped through his minimum in the first hour we were there and then he couldn't he couldn't swipe anymore until for 24 <laughs> hours the so. minimum of five constantly i'm so, I'm so happy it. you called him a hipster because it all comes together because yesterday i texted him and i and i said dude you realize you're Cosmo Kramer. You fall ass backwards into tickets to every game. You have a different girl at every game you go to. You're Cosmo Kramer, the ass man. That that's who you are. I like that. That's strong. Jerry, am I a hipster dude? Strong dude? reference. Oh god. This is becoming the roast of yeah, Jake Brown like- on Comedy Central. Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. No, it's good stuff. You know, he's coming into himself. I kept introducing him as a sports writer last night. He did not enjoy that. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm like an old man. Kate like, Brown. here's a sports writer. It's like, I don't even do that. I was like, just... this is how he's a newsie on the beach with the, you know, with the New York football giants. <laughs> um, but he... <laughs> He's, he's a man good. on the street. <laughs> yeah. So he, um, but um, yeah, that's kind of funny. But no, we had a good time, and he's coming into his, his own. You know, he's the pod father. Yeah. He's got, we love you know, him. We love him. He's, he's got it going on. Uh, he's just he's an easy down, target. But, uh, easy target. Yeah, but yes. we got to find are. him a nice uh, little something, something. You're the one who plays your parents' voicemails on your podcast. You yeah, kind of open yourself yeah. up. He is, he is an easy target, and especially when you see him with his uh, medium Mets shirt with his podcast. <laughs> And he's doing some dance or something. He's posting all this crap. Hey, it's it's yeah. part of the brand. You know, the brand is strong. It's here. part of the brand. It's like the ironic. WABC Radio, I know you're excited. You've always wanted to be on the radio in New York, so I imagine uh, you're thrilled with that. Obviously, great opportunity. Actually, on the meet, on the weekends, it's Music Radio 77, WABC. So, yeah, 5 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Eastern, because Saturday Night Rock, all the 70s, 80s, 90s, the great hit rock that I grew up with, MTV era, lots of stuff from Rock of Ages, fun stuff with the callers, karaoke with Constantine, our stonewashed benchmark moment. We got the grip it and rip it moment of the day. We're working on the longer form where I'll bring in performers to do exclusive acoustic performances at the all new Music Radio WABC studios. And then we're going to be doing, you know, a bit more of the podcast sort of stuff and a bit more digital, trying to modernize the guys over there. You know, they've been leaning hard into talk radio for many years and the music stuff is a bit newer for them, but it's fun because it streams on, on uh, WABCmusicradio.com as well and on the app. So check that out. But every Saturday and then it archives there for the week. People are loving the playlist and we're having a lot of fun, man. Definitely. It's been a dream to be on the mic and I'm so grateful and uh, it works out great with my schedule. Uh, right now it's you know, it's a pretty short show, bang it out, nice, and then I get to the concert, you know, and we're good. So and if I'm on the road, we can uh, record from the road, which is cool. I'll be in Boston Friday night at the Blue Ocean Music Hall with Foreigner's Journey. Then we'll be in Lynnhurst, New Jersey, actually. They have this great concert series going on there all summer long in Memorial Park. Free concert, Saturday night the 17th. And then all next week, I'm, I got shows all over the uh, New York, New Jersey area. So go to ConstantineMaroulis.com and check out the concert schedule. And I hope to see you because live music is back. Sports are back. Let's get three out of four from the Sox. And by the way, this is a Boston band, Foreigner's Journey, so they're all freaking Red Sox fans, so it makes me nuts. And uh, But we have a good time with the little rivalry. And, and yeah, man, uh, we're psyched. You know, I'm just glad everyone's safe and we're getting back to some normalcy. And uh, it feels good, for sure. Constantine M on Twitter, Constantine Maroulis on Instagram. 5 to 6 p.m. Saturdays, WABC Radio, 770 a.m. Constantine, uh, good to uh, talk to you uh, again. Appreciate you coming on the Pinstripe Pod, and thanks for the the sick intro song for uh, both podcasts that I know you pride yourself about. It's been great to be a part of the show, and I'm a big fan, and, and thank you guys so much. Thank you. We'll see you all soon.
That says goodnight to episode 70, the Luis Avalon edition of the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Brian Mongea for producing the show. Please dive into Apple Podcasts right now. Give us a five-star rating, write in a positive review. We appreciate it. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Sheeran. We're back on Monday following the Yankees' key four-game series with the Red Sox and the Bronx. Enjoy the games and your weekend, and thanks for listening to the Pinstripe Pod.